everyone. Welcome to another edition of Living Courageously Exposed, hosted by Big Inside Out Adventures and yours truly, Jennifer J. Saunders, my friends, Tommy J. You guys know that I have been making all kinds of phone calls to what we could define as strangers. But what I'm finding is that within a few minutes of these phone calls, these strangers are no longer strangers. And some of them I'm finding I have a really strong connection with more than others. Like, and it's a connection that goes beyond what I call this planet. It's a spiritual connection. It's, these are people that I've known before. And for those of you who may not have that belief system, I just encourage you to be open to that and just take a look at the relationships in your life and the new connections that you're making and the power that somebody new can bring into your life. And just the, the deepness of conversation and connection that, that can take place. I have with me today, Cindy Weber, and she was one of these connections. Like we had a phone call. My attention of these calls is usually 20 to 30 minutes, and some of them last like an hour. <laughs> and Cindy was one of those. So I'm really excited today to introduce you to Cindy Weber. She's a mentor. She's a coach. She's one of those people that's creating a ripple that counts. Um, she has two beautiful daughters. She's a wife. And she is driven to help other people grow and create the extraordinary. And in my conversation with her, I have no doubt that that's exactly what's taking place. And I was really excited to meet her acquaintance. Looking forward to a future relationship building with her. And today, just I'm really excited to introduce her to you. So with that, Cindy, welcome to the Living Courageously Exposed podcast. And is there anything else that you would like us to know about you before we just get into the good stuff? I'm ready to get into a good stuff. Yeah. I just want to thank you right off the bat because this is my jam. I think, oh. you know, creating connection is what we all yearn for and we don't always remember that. And you allowed me to get back into that space of this is what we're all here to do. Find that commonality and find that thread. And thank you. I love that. And you're welcome. It's, it's my pleasure. Okay. So before we get going, um, I'm going to ask you a question that I don't typically ask when we get started, but I'd like for you to kind of touch base on what your thought process on is the difference of a mentor versus a coach. Mm, yeah. I would say a, a mentor is somebody that's just living life and doing their thing and by default makes an impact. That would be um, my, my quick definition off the top of my head and okay. off the cuff. And a coach is someone with diligence and intention who is looking to guide and actually take a hand and help pave the way. And the reason I identify with both of those is because often I don't know when I'm either and I'm both. And I think we all are and we diminish who we are on the planet and the ripple that we're all making. I love it. So I, and I like how you differentiate um, the, that a mentor is someone who's just living their life by default makes an impression on yeah. people. I, I think that, yeah, every day we can fall into that role, whether it's yeah. for the positive and sometimes it's for the negative. And so just take well, we're always making a ripple. Right. <laughs> take note of what ripple you're you're creating here, people. Yeah. And that, that a coach is more intentional in, in what they're doing yeah. and how they make a difference in the lives of other people. Mm -hmm. right, I, we just hear a lot, you know, I'm a mentor, I'm a coach, and and some people charge a lot of money for mentorship and some people charge nothing for mentorship. And so it's just kind of fun for me to get an idea of what people's thoughts are. On the difference. So thank you. And I think too that often you sign up for one and you get the other and you don't know where it slid off the path of what you were actually looking 
to receive. And it is a clouded gray area where I believe most people float in and out of both roles. I would very much agree. Oh, thank you for answering that for us. Okay, so now I always like to start off this way, and that is I love to talk with our with our interviewees about what you were like as a young kid. What were your dreams? What were your hopes, aspirations? You know, what kinds of games did you play? Just kind of give us that insight as Cindy as a little girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> right off the bat, I remember getting in trouble for swearing, like from the neighborhood parents. Um, and I wouldn't say that I was a, you know, a bad role model in any way, shape or form. I was just, I was fearless. And my father was, um, he came over from Germany and he actually was born in the East to move to the West and he was feisty. He still is. He's feisty. Yeah. And I warmly embraced that as a characteristic <laughs> in my own self. And it got me in a lot of trouble as a young kid. Okay. I would see injustice and I wouldn't stand for it. I had to be heard. I had to be known. I was standing up for the underdog. Yes. I was about to say, how did you embrace feisty? Yeah. And so for me, it always came from a pure place and it wasn't always received well. And it was always very, very confusing for me because I always thought that I was doing the right thing and I couldn't understand how people couldn't get on my, my gravy train. Like, come on, people, do you not see why or do you not understand where that would be coming from that it would make sense to do it that way? Right. Like I'm not just being a twerp to be a twerp. Like I have, I have a mission and a a purpose. And it was such a mission. That's a great term. Like it's the best term actually when I look back at it, because there was like a driving force that I couldn't even help myself. Like I just found myself in situations where (laughs) I was a little fighter and I didn't know why, but I just didn't understand why nobody else felt as passionately as I did. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love it. So I, I very probably was very similar, but in a more quiet way. I was shy. I was quiet. But I did have this love for the underdog. And maybe it's because I felt like one for a lot of my of my youth. But I had this kind of same thing. If I saw an injustice, and I probably was a little older when this happened, like you, I'd find myself just saying things or approaching a teacher and saying, the way you treated that student was really uncool. Ah, but finding yeah. that... that a lot of times it was received when it's done in an appropriate way or a coup way. It's actually received well. Yeah. And there is a fine line there. We will obtain a lot of respect from many. And we're almost always in all our actions faced with some form of opposition. And I recognize now I oppose opposition. That's the right. problem. Is that unless I have agreement, I'm really stumped. Because I am very clear in what I think and feel. And so I just make the assumption it kind of makes sense to most. <laughs> okay, so you just made a statement that I love. Uh, and I'm going to ask you to, to possibly define that out a little bit for the person listening who may not be as far along the path and is this spiritual journey as others who are listening. And you said, I oppose opposition. Yeah. Tell us about well, that. I actually didn't know that um, that's the piece I wish was another way. I wish everyone would agree with me. I wish everyone would <laughs> see it my way. Right. And I also know that I'm not alone in that, that everyone will oppose me if I'm not on their view, in their mindset, in right. their groove. Right. And that's the only problem that there's sort of ever been in my journey is me resisting opposition and people finding me oppositional <laughs> making, you know, what my view is wrong. Right. So how yeah. do you, how do you go about that so that you are able to create 
peaceful, workable situations for yeah. yourself first and yeah. then in whatever area you're in. So one of the defining moments in my personal development journey was recognizing how much I wanted to be heard and seen and valued. Recognizing that I make it mean I'm not valued if I don't get agreement. Okay. Totally made up. What it looks like is my favorite fruit is an orange and yours is an apple and that's it. There's no meaning in that. There just is that I have my preference and you have your preference and that is that. And so when I saw how much complication I had created around opposition, it's now just super easy to be with somebody that doesn't share my view because it doesn't mean that I'm wrong. It doesn't mean they're wrong. It just means those are our personal journeys. That's it. But it took getting to that point of, I have really fought hard to be heard above and beyond being kind at times, <laughs> above and beyond being compassionate to the other people's everything. <laughs> yeah. And so let, let's just take that little piece because I feel like that's got a lot of energy in it, in it that wanting to be seen and heard. Mm-hmm. And let's like kind of lay that back over into Cindy as a child, as a teenager, high school age. Did you feel that you were unheard and unseen in those ages? Like where did that come uh, from? stem from? Yeah, I think I, as a female, always had that driving force as well. I saw that there were things my brother had access to and mm. the way people related to um, either adults or guys in an unfair way. And I remember this summer, I was probably seven. I want to say seven because it wasn't young enough that this made sense, but it was old enough that, yeah, I should have been called out. I decided I wanted to be shirtless like the boys. And I was running around. I'm like, it is hot as hell, people. Like I need to be (laughs) in the sprinkler just like everyone else. Like I don't understand the difference. Now at four, that's fine. And at seven, probably still okay. But I mean, I had to be the one and I'm listening now to my words and I'm seeing my daughter play this out. My 11 year old, it is gut wrenching that she's going to grow up and not be able to assimilate and be around other people and be that overly boisterous, have to be heard. And it's a delicate thing because I want both my girls to grow up as leaders. Right. It's a pro and a con to everything. Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> to everything. To everything. <laughs> yeah. So when was this turning point in your interpersonal development when you finally got, and we may be jumping a little bit ahead here, but just to kind of stay on this point, <sighs> where was that turning point for you where like, wait a minute, somebody just saw me or I, whoa, that person actually just heard what I said. And mm. you had that like opening, maybe some shingles falling off the heart or whatever. You know, what was that moment for you? Well, it's interesting because um, sometimes I'm shocked. Sometimes I'm just doing my thing and I don't know that I'm making an impact. And then I have a bunch of people fall in alignment and approach or message or say, wow, that was really profound for me. Now, what's coming to me is I'm now going over my childhood in my mind is (laughs) in grade eight art, there was an injustice with the teacher that we had butted heads completely. And um, he was quick to kick people out of the room and send them to the office. And it wasn't just me, but I was in the lot of kids that were in the rotation of when he was angry, he would just, you know, lose his lid and just, but he wasn't rational in it. When there's reason, I own it. 
that was unrealistic. And I said, you know what we should do, guys? The next time he decides to do that without just cause, we should all just get up and walk out. And I set it off the cuff and I kind of just like threw it off to the side. And lo and behold, I'm the next kid to get kicked out. Oh. And I'm asked to get up and leave. And I forget that I've created this movement. And lo and behold, by the time I get out to the hallway, I turn around and half the class has joined me. Wow. So this revolution occurred. And it was a defining moment where I actually wasn't raw, raw, let's do this. Like I set it off the cuff and I let it go, totally unattached to the outcome. And here this, this movement was generated. So mm. now it becomes a lot bigger than, you know, I was defiant and now I'm in the office. And it is now like... I'm an absolute shit disturber <laughs> and something has, like, it, the stakes got a lot higher in that moment. And because I didn't do that intentionally, I was so personally offended. I'm like, look, they all had free will. I see that in that moment, if I was like, let's do this, come like, and I was rallying in the moment. But I got, um, I remember getting chastised for that and thinking, I'm not taking this one. <laughs> Like, I will take a lot. I am That's not right. taking this one. Right. Well, and in my mind, I'm thinking, holy cow, that's like, that's living courageously exposed for each of those kids is one. You said this statement it goes along with your warmly embracing fiercity or feistiness. <laughs> and you're like, this is unjust. And you make the statement, but it must have rung true yeah. for other people in the class as well. So that the next time this happened and it just happened to you. They were willing to stand up and say, yeah, this isn't cool and be supportive. Like that's a powerful thing, especially at that young of an age. Yeah. Can you yeah. imagine like, well, we see it, but if in our own lives, if those kinds of things started to happen and we started standing up for each other. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing is fast forward to six months ago, I was at a job interview and I'm sitting through this PowerPoint presentation that I'm recognizing quite quickly that this is not for me and we're not in alignment. Actually, what they've said it was is nothing. They're false advertising. And I can feel my blood boiling and I'm sitting in this room with a bunch of people and I have this flashback to art in grade eight. And I think I need to get up and make a stand and be like, this is not okay. You guys called it one thing and this is not what remotely you're offering. Um, And I didn't. I I sat and I I totally sat on my hands, waited for the appropriate time to like slip out and not make a scene because I had this sense of not needing to cause a scene there. Yeah. And I think it came from the repercussions of art in grade eight. If it had been a positive experience, I probably would have been like, hey, is anyone else feeling duped here? Let's all just get up and leave because these people are wasting our time. They claimed it was one thing and is clearly not. And you know, just be transparent. Oh. Right. And so knowing that now, looking looking back and knowing that you sat in something that you really didn't want to be sitting in, you were feeling duped, you didn't really, you followed the, the guidance of your heart to not make a scene. She felt like that yeah. wasn't appropriate in that point. But what did that do, I'm going to say to you or for you, as far as like alignment, authenticity, how did that affect you? It wasn't big enough that I felt compelled for that group of people. Okay. Had they been friends and we'd been duped and it was an outsider coming in, I would have been a lot more compelled to stand up for everything. 
And one of the key defining moments in my personal development journey was I had been in a car accident and I had all of my revolution rage, I'll call it, boil to the surface of like, I have to make a stand here and share how innocent I was and state my claim and really take it to the, I mean, in Canada here, we have a little softer system and we don't necessarily sue all the time, which I'm sorry, that's kind of a blanket judgment of America, but that it's just not our way of handling things. Um, and I went there in my mind, I was like, I'm going to sue the company and I'm going to be, I need them to know my view, my point. I need to be standing up for my rights. That was basically what it came to. And I went as far as getting a lawyer. And then I went away to do this program. And I saw the impact of my feistiness and what it has cost me. And I came out of the three days and I picked up the phone and I said, I don't want to fight this one. I don't care what it looks like moving forward. I'm, I'm sur- I'm, I will get through it. I'm not, you know, requiring a lot of money to heal you know, it is unfortunate that they weren't doing what they could have been doing to whatever, you know, the specifics of it. And I just wasn't even willing to take that one on. And that was the biggest defining moments to see that cost that it hadn't all been benefits up till then. There had been things all along that didn't work and I didn't see. So what I'm hearing you say for those, you know, that person listening to us today is bystanders has a place. Yeah, it definitely has a purpose and standing up, you know, I think me, I believe standing up is all, there's always a place for standing up and it's just a matter of how we choose to do it. And I, I appreciate you bringing out the, the point of, I was feeling this in this particular situation, but it wasn't the place for the feisty to come out that I was, I, I actually could sit in the moment and I could turn my thoughts to other things or, you know, I could continue to pay attention and then afterwards make that statement or go to the people and say i'm out i'm opting out but maybe a suggestion would be you know maybe present what you say you're going to present you know so what, whatever it is 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 that feisty has a place but listen yeah. to your heart about when's the best time to use that well and i think people stop listening to you if you fight for everything and you're oppositional and you're constantly always in the negative and making and pointing out the things that don't work there's you lessen your validity and when you stand up for something. Right. Yeah. Right. Because this thought just came to my mind is when we're doing, when we're perceived as that way or when that's how we behave, we've kind of forgotten the, the creating win-win situations or the best good and yeah. we just have, we're wanting to be right. Versus seeing the big picture and recognizing that there's a million ways this can go. Right. And this is what I'm hoping for and, you know, what it's going to be the way it is. It's when you become really attached and you're just so, like, rigid to the outcome. I think that so does not work. Yeah. Yeah. So Ooh. uncomfortable. Ooh. And, and I love that, you know, when I started learning these lessons for myself, I thought, oh, my gosh, this stuff is so awesome and stupid at the same time. <laughs> what do you mean? I have to let go of what I think about what I feel. and all. But the reality is oh my gosh, when we can get to that place, it there's so much peace and calm and more access to level-headedness and higher yeah. conscious. And that's kind of what I hear you saying. Well, and it is this sense of just, meh, I could fight. Meh, I don't have to. What am I truly, truly committed to? I now am so committed to having calm in my world that 
things have to pass through that filter before I make a decision to go to that place. So if it's going to rob me of my peace and serenity, there's nothing in my world that's worth that. Right. Yeah. And getting to that place is so, it's such a journey, first of all. And it's just as awe-inspiring. Like I'm hearing in my head as as you're not having this conversation, I'm hearing someone on the other end who's listening to this being like, yeah, but if I give up, then I'm just being a doormat and I, I never get my way and things are, how would you address that? It's funny because it's not an us or them. It's not, I get my way and you don't get your way. It's really at the end of the day, I think most people want to be here, heard, respected, valued, seen, known. And so if you become known as the person that sees people and is willing to sit with opposition You can hold space for everything to be presented. And without that rigidness, I think we'll all arrive in a space that is more of a win-win than it ever could have been prior to that. And I think that's all we ever need is even to get back to the example with my daughter, I always welcome my kids to have an opinion, but I am the final say as in later in life, they'll have a boss potentially. They will have, you know, principals at school. They can always be heard and respected and loved and known, but they don't have the end all be all say because no one ever does. We're dancing this journey with others. Everyone deserves to be in all of the puzzle that they want to be in. Yeah. Love it. (laughs) As, As I'm talking to you, I'm like, oh, this is a really good jumping point to go into what I really want to get into. But I would like to go back just a little bit still and tell us you as like maybe high school, college, what was it that you were wanting? What is it that you wanted to be when you grew up, basically? <laughs> I love that question because I actually had one of those corny annual books that you'd write down who were your best friends this year and you'd have a picture of your class and, you know, what do you want to be now? And, and that was always the question at the end of the year is um, now moving ahead, what? And there were defining questions each year that I wrote out. And for three solid years in my elementary years, I wanted to be the premier. Like I wanted to run the country. I actually wow. felt that I couldn't handle, this is probably where it came from, anything below the last say. I now know that in politics, obviously, still working as a team, everyone has a say, and it's not just one person. But I think as a young child, because my dad was such a dominant force and such a strong character, I thought that I would arrive one day in adulthood and be that. And now that I'm here, I'm like, I don't want to be that. That's, that's, I don't want anyone to feel diminished. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it would make sense that that would be your thought process of like, if I'm the premier, then I don't have to feel like this anymore. I don't have to answer to anyone. No yeah. one's going to take my my choice away because I get the final say. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And <laughs> so arrogant. Uh, I don't know if and it's arrogant. beautiful. Like, it was my unawareness as a young kid thinking, like, man, i got to rise to the top. And consequently, along the way, I made up that, well, I could never um, be a secretary or personal assistant to anybody because that would just drive me crazy being subservient. Like I just had this opposition to subserviency and it was so powerful. And I really just now see it as I wanted everyone to be on the even playing field and to be respected. That's it. I just think that's so beautiful and so powerful. And so many people that I've talked to and come in contact with have that same vision and journey. And it's exciting for me to hear all these people, in, you know, not just in my little town, 
but you're in Canada and someone who's in BC and someone who's in Australia and, and we all have these similar thoughts and feelings and emotions of creating this even playing field. I like to call it moving away from the human race to the human family. Oh, I love that. Right, and bringing this, taking the competition and the comparison out of things and really just saying, what piece do you have that I don't have, but if we come together, we can create just amazing magic strength. Yes. So I, I appreciate you seeing that. I love that. So, And it, it was so funny because when I was in it and I had my view, damn, did I think I was right. Like I thought I had it all going on. I felt like, of course, I'm just going to become the premier and then I'll have everything I need. <laughs> and then I recognized I could actually be a personal assistant, secretary or anything, still show up as me. And so long as I'm gaining respect from my environment, I can thrive anywhere. It's so true. And again, it's that learning to give up and give in, but doing it in a way that you're standing in your power and respecting other people, dropping that I have to be right and realizing that I can be happy even in these situations because I can do it from a genuine, authentic, powerful place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So my thought is, how has that worked out for you? Yeah. And it has and it hasn't, right? It's pro and con in every moment. And here's the thing is I always – now analyze my situations as there's a cost and a benefit, cost and a benefit. And am I very driven to just the one? Because when I'm driven to just the one, I cannot see the other. Right. Like in the times that I'm mad that I've arrived somewhere and I'm not where I want to be and I can only see the cost involved, there's also a benefit. I've arrived there because it made sense. And I'll take working out as an example. For me, I do. I appreciate calm and serenity more than anything. And I will pull workouts out of my routine the moment I feel off balance because I'm more committed to having zen than I am to looking good. And I make myself wrong for that because I'm not achieving the results I want. I don't really know how I've arrived there. The benefit is I got my zen that I'm not giving myself credit for, but damn, I make myself wrong that I haven't been consistent with my workouts. Isn't that so fascinating that that we, I, I have an example yesterday, in fact, so I'm training to run a 100-mile race. I've done it before. I'm doing it again. And I made a commitment. I will run three days a week, you know, whatever my training plan is. Yesterday happened to be my anniversary. And I thought... Okay, Happy anniversary. Thank so you. exciting. Thank you. It was very exciting. And I thought, okay, I'll get up really early because my intention was to spend the day with my wife and just mm-hmm. fully focus on being with her. And letting everything else go, which I can be really good at and I can be really crappy at. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had things to do, so I'm trying to get things done on Saturday. And I'm like, okay, I'll go run early Sunday morning. And I'll get a buddy and we'll go early and then I'll have the whole rest of the day. But then I thought, I am feeling a little bit tired. If I go and run, then I'm missing those yummy moments in the early morning hours that I could, I could spend with her that I don't get to spend with her every other day of the week. Yeah. And I made that decision to not run. And I, I found myself wanting to be really critical of like, you're not following through the commitments with yourself. And, and then I thought, no, just enjoy this space. And I'm telling you, we had the yummiest day, just oh. spending the whole day. And I really just allowed myself to let go. To give and yourself credit for what you're gaining. It, to look at the benefit. Yeah. To be really in the moment. And like you said, I looked at what I was, I honored what I wanted to achieve. 
Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't let that other stuff come in. And I'm not always very good at that. I appreciate you bringing that point out. And, and if, if you're listening to this, we just encourage be in the moment and notice when you're wanting to be self-critical and when you're, what you're actually accomplishing in, in that space. So, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, way cool. It's so brilliant though, because we're always achieving something. Always, always, always. There's always a result. And all we have to do is be really honest about that, backtrack and think, okay, what actions could I have done differently to achieve a different result? And often it's just our mindset around that that has us choose the fork in the road and we take A rather than B or B rather than A. Yeah. How do you feel about, I'm a believer of we're right where we're supposed to be or would be somewhere different. <laughs> exactly. And so when we're in that space and we're wanting to be critical with ourselves and you're saying back up, look at the decision, what is your, what's your thought process on that? It's funny because I think that any one of us can make ourselves wrong. For what, If we choose A, we can make ourselves wrong for not being on B. But if we choose B, we're going to make ourselves wrong that we're not on A. Right. And it really damned if you do, damned if you don't. There's always going to be something we can. If we're committed to making ourselves wrong, we will. Right. Oh, I if we're committed to feeling bad, then we'll feel bad. We can find something to feel crappy about. Yes. And don't you we feel can, like those kinds of things are an addiction based oh. off of our happiness levels and what we actually can achieve and allow ourselves to experience? Yeah. And it takes recognizing, wow, this is a pattern that's not working. This is a pattern I'd like to break. You know, going into the holidays is a great, great example of what have they been for you up until this point? Are you addicted to stressing yourself out? Right. Are you addicted to finding something that isn't working? Or are you just going to look around and find all the greatness that's there and calm down? Right. But I think, especially in um, many of the people that I've had the honor to work with, it has been a reoccurring theme of being numb and not looking. This is something I learned. This is something I've seen. This is something I openly accepted without question yeah Yeah. and when we can get diligent and recognize that isn't actually what I want I I love these points and I love that you brought it up in in regards to the holidays because I probably like you you know have those moments where I let everything stress me out and the neighborhood gifts and the traffic and that I still do get caught up in the traffic I will admit but all of this stress and the hustle and bustle and when I finally decided to just let it go like the holidays are cool. I watch people complain and I'm like, well, do you want it to be different? Like, what do you want to enjoy? And I think we always oppose oppositions. This is another example of that. It's really weird to skate through the holidays being full on Zen when everybody's like looking at you like you have two heads. <laughs> yeah. Or they will make comments like that. Like, wow. Uh, did you forget this or did you remember that? Or like, how, how are you doing it? Because it's so foreign to them. They will try and put something in your space because they can't imagine being in that space. And we will look to find things to be stressed out on because that's all we've seen. The majority of example out there is frantic frenzy, Christmas chaos. (laughs) I just don't even go there anymore. Yeah. Just is what it is. And yeah. Like, I, I don't even really have to decorate my house anymore. Like, I put up a tree, but I, oh, I just let it be. Yeah. The holidays are happy and bright. Yeah, absolutely. So it kind of goes back to what you and I were talking about at the beginning. Of, it's kind of what we think about our situations that actually yeah. create some of that opposition. Oh, actually, most of that opposition. Yeah. 
And it is the belief of whether or not everything is possible, which most of us don't believe anymore. As a child, you bet everything is possible. I can fly. I don't know. Let me see. I'm going to climb up on the barn. I'm going to jump off and see. You know, and as we age, I think we just, we shrink all of the parameters of what's possible because we've either let ourselves down or we've seen people's limited situations and beliefs and they just seep in. I think we've taken, we've taken that on. We've become welcome the yeah. people of our society. Yeah. And it's almost like a, a safety blanket because then decision-making becomes a little easier. When well, things are available out here, wow, which one do I choose? I'm a really busy person now. I only have time to to be able to quickly choose something and I'd like to choose from this pile rather than this pile. Right. <laughs> well, and don't you think too that when we're in a mind frame of conformity, part of the reason we go to that spot and we want other people to be there as well is so that we don't have to feel. We don't yeah. have to feel the emotion of, oh my gosh, they're doing it differently and oh, I wish I could do it differently or that makes me uncomfortable and so could you just come back into the, the little fold so that I don't have to feel uncomfortable. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I think it does come down even to the, the, the holiday frenzy. of If people have only known scattered and you show up and you've just come from a yoga class and you're in your bubble of happy, it's such a foreign concept to somebody that's never tapped in and experienced that. Similarly with personal development, once people have connected the dots and streamlined their old patterns and shed limited beliefs, we don't know how we arrived there because we didn't take stock of all the dots that we connected throughout, but we arrive on an island and other people are looking around going, where'd you go? And you're like, just swim over. It's really fun. Come here. But there's no way of them achieving that because they're not living your journey. I love it. And I like to use the connecting the dots to arrive, but we really don't know what we've connected. No, we don't know why we've gone through life and life has lifed us personally. <laughs> and somebody has had a similar journey, but two completely different results or mindset or viewpoints. Yeah. You made a statement a little bit ago about being openly. Mm, it totally was going to be the jumping point into the next thing, but then you beautifully went into everything is possible and looking at different viewpoints. And I think all of that leads right into where I really want to take this conversation. Let's do it. So when I very first spoke with you, I, we had this moment like really early on in our conversation of, oh my heck, here's like the most honest connection moment I've had with a person in a long time. And we shared some things that you typically don't share with a stranger or yeah. with even some of the closest people in your life, depending on maybe closest people in your life isn't the right term. Uh, some of your friends and family, people in your circles, your church groups. And and in that moment, I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, like this, this is a real person. This is someone who is truly living life courageously exposed because you're working through the hard stuff. You're working through the emotions and the pain and, and learning how to just be in the here and now, not really minding as much as you can what other people are thinking. You're not in the box. And I just thought, this is a really cool person and I have a lot to learn. So let's jump into that piece and yeah. talk about, um, honestly, and I'm gonna the, the people who are listening, this is a learning journey for me. I'm just going to put that right out there. My conversation with Cindy is one that in probably even the last four or five years would have really pushed my comfort zone and my boundaries yeah. and really triggered my judgment. And mm -hmm. I had this beautiful opportunity to start 
opening this conversation with her. And I wanted to do that for you to give you that gift of maybe looking at some different thoughts or, or why you're connecting them or, you know, what belief systems do you have running that might not be necessarily, I don't even know the word, the most um, correct of belief systems that possibly yeah. you could open up and see people in a way that will one, blow your mind and then blow your mind in really powerful ways because you're like, wow, that person actually is really cool. But because I have these filters on, I couldn't see them. And so yeah. Cindy, yeah, let's, let's just jump in. Um, Dive. I, I revealed it. to you that you know I get I get to be gay, mm-hmm. and uh, I just had like I told you, just had my first year anniversary, and oh my gosh, life is really great. And I love that you and I get to now have this conversation and talk about things that I I don't have a huge understanding of, and yeah. that is that in the realm of lifestyle. Yeah. And so I'm going to leave it up to you to start teaching us Let's the things and and all of that stuff. So I'm I'm turning it over to you. Yeah. So I get to be in the lifestyle. I love that you said that, that I get to, because I powerfully choose it. Yes. Um, my husband and I have pretty much had an open relationship since we first met. And where that stemmed from in the beginning was I had come from a previous relationship where infidelity was part of it. And all I ever wanted to know was, can I understand what turns you on and lights you up? And maybe if we're both on the same page with that, we can look at exploring some fantasies together. And it started from there. Before you go much farther with that, I didn't understand lifestyle. I knew it as a different terminology. So will you just quickly share what some different verbiage or labels people might hear this under? Yeah. Um, it's funny because I hesitate to use labels because nobody has the same I don't, I don't like them either. And the, the reason I... I the word. Thank you. Absolutely. And I think everybody has a different connotation. Everybody has a different listening and everybody has a different understanding of each of the labels. So I put it under the umbrella of lifestyle. I refer to myself as in an open experimental relationship. Um, Some people identify as swingers. Some people identify in the poly world. Some people dabble in the kink community and BDSM. For me, it's being under an umbrella of acceptance and safety to say in the moment to your partner, this is something that lights me up and turns me on. Can we have a conversation about it? Now, most things brought to most people's conversation probably are never acted on. So it creates a safe space of, wow, I saw this thing or I learned about, you know, whatever it be, an experience. How do you feel about that? What are your thoughts? What are your, you know, everything. You just bring it to the table as an option. And for me, how it unraveled was I just really was curious for my next partner to understand I'm here on your team to know what works for you. Can we talk about everything? And after that, it yeah. Do you feel like this goes back to that being seen and heard? Probably. Probably. Yeah. You know? And I've seen some people come into the community and it seemed almost like defiance, like, like a teenage kind of rebellion kind of feel. That was never my journey and my way of coming into this. Since then, my husband had built a website 10 years ago, and I will refer to it as a naughty Facebook. So we embrace nudity. We allow people to create profiles and state where they're at in their journey, what they're seeking in others. A lot of people are looking to engage sexually with other people, but there's a varying degree of wants and needs and desires. There's a varying degree of self-acceptance, self-expression, and 
and boldness. And we're all human. <laughs> we're all very, very, very much like most people you will encounter. Um, so there is jealousy and there is yeah. joy and there is things that work and there's things that don't work, <laughs> but it's under an umbrella of, you know, most of us are on somewhat of the same page. So then there's a community to lean on for whatever is needed. Gotcha. So if I heard you correctly, yeah. everyone who's in this community is not just, um, you know, they're not just in it to have sexual encounters with lots of different people. Some may be. Sure. So I'm saying yeah. it's not everyone because, again, not my everyone. perception, having first learned about, and I learned it as swingers, yeah. uh, just were like. He's in a bowl, the 70s. But, you know, like exactly. no one has to say in the matter. You're just all there and you're just pawning a toy and a piece of meat. No. Right. And so that's, yeah. that's the, the picture that I had. And one of the things I really appreciated in our conversation is you started to help me see differently what this space is for people and that it's not just about rampant crazy sexual encounters with different people because you're unhappy in your marriages or just because you're wild at heart or you know whatever that thing is but that really there's a I like you say it's a community where you can explore and it's not necessarily about sex although it can be and so I'm, I'm eager for you to share a little bit more about what what is that community and how we may have people listening who are interested in, in those very things. And so mm-hmm. what is it that they'll find when they come into a community like this or that they can find? Yeah. I would imagine so, that communities that are around, like most things are going to have varying degrees of same, same, so different. Yeah. And I think that's great to, to identify that if someone goes in their local community and they don't quite know what they're looking for, maybe they go to a sex club or they um, go to a meetup or whatever's available in their local community, it's going to be hit and miss and whether or not their needs are met. Gotcha. The reason for our website is we wanted people to pull in from all parts of our planet so we can learn to identify what our true desires are. Now, we're really clear that humans like to be cliquey. So they, they, they want to identify with their people and they often will identify as an us and them scenario. We have never, ever been able to shake the fact that we all have underlying desires and we all are evolving. And so where we started in our local community and because we've traveled the world and we've had different snippets of the way different cultures operate... We've had an opportunity to bring those back into the conversation and say, you know, has anyone experienced this or what were your thoughts on that? And it is just a journey of choosing in the moment what works for you. And I think almost every person in the lifestyle has gone through a varying degree of acceptability. Acceptability within themselves or in the community as a whole? Well, in getting back to the conversations that you and your partner are having, There are times you're open and there's times you're closed and there's times you're triggered. So there's a lot of healing opportunity. There's a lot of chance to say, oh my God, that one really freaks me out. I can't believe you'd even bring it to the table and that would turn you on. Like, I don't mean to judge, but that's just not my thing. And I can't even imagine being part of it, you know? And now ask this question. I'm going to have a ton of questions and I apologize if I, if I just cut in, do it. I I, I can say this isn't, this is new learning for me. And when you're use the word partner, is that the partner that you're with, like in your long-term commitment, like a marriage, or are you talking about a partner? Like, can you define that a little bit for us? 
Yeah, it could be either. You know, a lot of people refer to your partner in marriage as your primary, especially in the poly world when you're welcoming in other relationships. I say quote-unquote relationships because in the poly world, there tends to be a lot more emotion involved and a lot more long-termness. And then if you float over to the swinger world, um, one-offs are not uncommon. You know, not a lot extra is required in, in the way of emotions and connectability. And so there's varying terms and moments where different people require different things before they move ahead and want to connect with another person or couple or group, right? And I think it's, it's when we are able to put our judgment at bay and recognize wow, you know what, these people are all wearing leather and they're wearing, you know, they're holding crops and, you know, they're into flogging and this like 50 shades stuff. And like, I cannot imagine being part of this. Can you walk me through it? And you have that vulnerability to say, it's my first time kind of freaked out. I've never actually worn black leather before. And just being open to say, my needs are pretty basic at this moment. I'm just trying to feel comfy. So many things are running through my head right now um, about the ability to have like this community or these people because I don't feel like and I may this may be a, a blanket judgment and, and I don't intend it or mean it to be that way but I feel like in a lot of marriages we don't even have that safety in our marriages to talk about I don't I've never worn black leather I'm not comfortable yeah. with it like finding that space and so I know that sometimes it's easier to talk to somebody outside of our space who's safe. So if I'm hearing you correctly, that's kind of what this is creating is a place for people, whether they're in a, in a marriage mentorship, mentorship <laughs> is a great word for it. Yeah. yeah. Where they can just start exploring these um, more, I'm going to use the word scary feelings yeah. or dark, shameful feelings, maybe even for many people yeah. and yeah. To start getting them out. And that exploration of like, okay, I can start changing my mindset. It's that connecting the dots. Things. How did I even get to what I believe? And being open to the possibility that something else is okay or acceptable. Well, and it's funny that you say that because for me, our website is kind of like the National Geographic. You know, as a kid, you didn't know what an African woman looked like naked until you got a National Geographic and you're like, whoa, I've actually never even seen, you know, somebody in my community naked as an adult. Like, really? And now the National Geographic arrives and you have a whole new understanding of the ways people operate on our planet. For me in our community, we get access to seeing how people live in love on a varying degree of celebration and self-acceptance and expression. So for me, I had never had a lot of role models of confidence and especially sexual. Oh my God. It was just unheard of. The whole thing to me was so taboo when I first discovered it that I have had like an ebb and flow dance with like a super comfy, totally freaked out, need to take a step in, I'm getting the hell out. And I think that if people are honest with themselves, you just sort of meander and, and go through all the motions yeah. in saying, you know what, I'm totally dressed and ready to rock and I am so not feeling it. We're going to call it done. We're not going out tonight. I know that whole event was set up. Can't do it. Try again next time. Yeah. Well, and again, honoring that space of, you know, you took a step. Yeah. And maybe that step is enough for you, at yeah. least for now. And maybe next time it'll be different, and maybe next time it won't. And the thing with the conversations on the table, sorry to interrupt you, um, that's exactly what it is. If you have the safety within your own primal partnership to be able to say, I'm going to bring this to the table. I welcome all the feelings that you have. My goal is that we can take it out of the box of conversation and into the action space. Right. And having enough brought to the table that 
there's enough to choose from. You don't want to come at your partner with one thing and they're like dead against leather and you're like, dude, I, can we find something else? That's not going to be my jam. I need to dance with a few other fun things before I can gain comfortability to go to that one thing you're so rigid about creating. <laughs> right. Right. Oh my gosh. I, and I really appreciate that you said, seriously, my mind is, is just swarming and trying to formulate the right, I'm using air quotes here, the right questions. <laughs> so, They're all right. So that, okay, thank you. So that I make sure that we get the information one that I think for me is valuable to learn, but that I also think the person listening to us can yeah. come away and, and be like, wow, I'm willing to take that step. I'm willing to get dressed up and at least learn about this stuff yeah. and you know, put my toe in and see if it's something that I'm willing to learn a little bit more. Not even that, the, that they're interested in the lifestyle, but just yeah. interested in that, what you said, seeing people and learning how they live and love. Mm-hmm. And that it's not the same for all of us. You know, and finding I, what they can celebrate within themselves. Yes. I think most of us are not in celebration around sexuality because if we've been with someone for a while, like it's where is the inspiration coming from? Right. If not an external source, and it doesn't have to be a person, it could be a movie, it could be a book, it could be an article, it could be the understanding that there's more and you had no idea that there was so much else out there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So cool. Well, and like I told you, I really probably had a very closed mindset on what sexuality was and, and what sex meant. You know, I grew up in a conservative family, a conservative area and religion, and nothing against those things. They helped me be good people and have mm-hmm. their values. And, but at the same time, it also, I felt like, kept me maybe a little bit too safe. So when it came time for me to start exploring those things and and my own sexuality came right in my face, it was a shock and it was hard to face those things. And so that's, that's my come from of understanding a little bit and being willing to delve into lifestyle and having an understanding of people and their own sexuality. And it's different for all of us. And it may not just be what I learned as a child or as a younger person and allowing myself to be open to the beautiful people who are experiencing this lifestyle yeah, how it works for them and why it works for them. And so I'm really grateful. I got to have my own experience that opened mm-hmm. me up to listening to you. Oh and I God. think many of us put our sexuality in a box. Yes. And because we don't have a lot of inspiration, it's a taboo subject. It's a very taboo subject. We were taught that it was ingrained in us. And then, yeah, great. As adults, now we have, you know, the world is totally our oyster. But it's not until we can get past the blocks that we've decided, oh, this this is the pleasure that's available to me just here. And I have to have it figured out on my own. I'm not going to ask anybody and no one's going to be part of that but me and my partner. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's a very limited experience. It's me living my little kid journey without picking up a National Geographic and seeing, right. wait, what? <laughs> like, right. Well, and I, so I want to make this thought just is really coming into my head. And I, and I want to hmm. make this statement right here that Cindy and I are in no way, shape or form pushing an agenda. We are simply having a conversation that in an open platform about something yeah. that is taboo for many people. And, and our hope is that you can find a safe space here to start hearing these things and then to have resources that if you are wanting to explore your own sexuality or heal from 
being in a box or whatever your belief system is, issues from your youth, whatever that is, that we can help you find those safe places to start exploring this and have the conversations in a healthy way to help you move forward with wherever it is you want to go. So this is open conversation. And And it's a big topic. It's a huge topic. And especially if people are are inspired and they're like, oh my God, I want to wear lingerie for my partner. And then they show up and their partner doesn't have that listening of who they are. And they, he comes home from work and then he's not that excited because he didn't know it was such a big deal. And there's such a sense of vulnerability around, unless you create the space and say, I'm going to be really vulnerable and I'm going to start to share something and you can veto it. Or you can say, you know, I'll put a pin in that for another day when we can move into that in a more comfortable setting. But often people come at it so, so fierce. And then their partner is just, they don't have a compartment for it. So all they know to do is just, oh my gosh, that's too much. I don't know where to put that. I kind of took a peek at some of your podcast titles. You had one on there about saying no and Mm -hmm. receiving no. And that, what you're saying just kind of, spark that but there's a place there's a way to share there's also a way to receive your partner even if they're not ready for you to be in lingerie or whatever so that you're not offended and then so you're, you're leaving them empowered yes. with whatever is yes. is created yeah i feel like you and i are just diving into something that's going to take a bigger chunk of time than we probably have available right now in this moment yeah and so i'm going to present to you the idea that how would you feel about just pausing the conversation right here And let's schedule another time where we can really go in without feeling like we're on a time constraint and and spend another, you know, 30 or 40 minutes talking about some of the other things that are out there waiting to be talked about. Because I know you have a ton to share. Well, and can we welcome questions in before that? I was just about to say that. I will put out some posts before we do this next podcast, Mm -hmm. um, Pap, and I'll, I'll just say, this is what I'm doing. What questions do you have that we can answer Pick my brain. (laughs) Right. Um, And then maybe if you can come to the table with some of the more frequently asked questions. Absolutely. And and we can address those things and then talk a little bit more about, you know, as much as you want to share, like what your personal experience has been, how you've grown, what you've learned, and and go from there. I love it. Sounds wonderful. Oh, my gosh. This has been amazing. And I'm really excited, again, to have Cindy with me today and to be able to talk about things that feel a little bit scary for a lot of us by way of our sexuality and our sexual encounters with our partners and taking it even to a different level into a different lifestyle. And so, Cindy, I want to say thank you again for being the person to lead us into this conversation. And we're going to delve farther and deeper into it in Section 2. Mm, Anything you, you want to add as we end up this portion? I just really appreciate the platform to share and to have that vulnerability and the safe space to show up and hopefully empower others to just look at whether or not they're fully comfy where they're at or if they'd like to expand a little, wherever that looks like. I love it. To expand a little. Are they willing to? Are they wanting to? And what does that look like? I think that's a a big thing for all of us. Mm -hmm. So thank you again. All right. If you have liked any part of this interview, we invite you to share it with two people today just to imagine the impact that you by sharing can make on someone else's life. And if you like it even better than that, we invite you to contribute, to share your dollars and help us keep bringing you amazing people and powerful content to help change the world and leaving it like we always do. 
you gotta believe in yourself or no one else can.